Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hello. the Daily Thread. Um, it's a snow day, I guess. I mean, it's snowing some places. Like what? It's not, totally uh, raining. It's not. There's hardly, hardly any snow here in the five towns. You're, I don't know. You have snow there wherever you are. We're not yeah. going to say, but uh, <laughs> up in Muncie, up in Muncie, Rockland County has snow. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's a poor excuse for a snowstorm. I got to tell you that. But I have to tell you also that um, we, I mean, in my minion, uh, which usually has 20 people, we only had eight this morning. Oh, wow. You know? that, and, that's not uh, a minion. That's not a minion, you know? And uh, we, ha- we had to hold over two guys from the earlier minion, from the from the 7 a.m. minion you to, to wait for the 8 o'clock minion. We had to hold them hostage. hostage. Yeah. <laughs> we held them hostage uh, for a half hour. We made it real quick. Uh, let me, but, let um, me ask you, do you, do you still... I feel like I might be the only adult that still likes uh, snow days. Well, you know what? Uh, I was just telling somebody this morning that uh, there's no such thing as a snow day anymore since they had remote learning in the in the schools. You know, you, you could close the schools, but you just press a button and everybody goes on remote. The classes so, continue. No such thing do as that? having school closed. It hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't snowed since the end of the pandemic emergency. You know, so but 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 theoretically, there's no such thing as a snow day anymore because if you got to stay home, you stay home. You go to your your laptop or you go to your computer and you click onto the school, and the teacher from wherever they are, maybe they're home too. They could do their lesson on uh, online. They did it for a year uh, during the, uh, the the pandemic. That's um, true. You know, so there's no such thing as uh, as a snow day. That's a thing of the past. Thrown out yeah. the window. Gone gone with the wind. Yes. Okay, so Abba, what's, what do you got for the first story for today? Well, aside from the fact that ongoing uh, tragedies uh, in Israel with uh, 13 people being uh, murdered by 14. terrorists, uh, over 14 over the last two weeks, related to that, um, related to that, uh, I just want to say that I saw a story this morning, I think I sent it to you, that there's supposed to be a vote in the Knesset either today or tomorrow to um, institute the death penalty for terrorists convicted of murder. Now, um, Yitzhak Golknuf, who heads the United Torah Judaism uh, party in the Knesset, which is part of the Netanyahu coalition, said that he's going to have to vote against that. He's against the death penalty uh, for terrorists. Okay, did you see that? Did you see the story I sent you? Do you know? Let me explain to you why um, he's against it. He's against it because he thinks that sometime in the future there may be um, a leftist type of government in Israel and um, a Jew might uh, uh, commit a crime for some reason. No, he might kill an Arab. He might be defending himself uh, for being attacked by an Arab, let's say. And the court might think that he used excessive force, which is a favorite favorite term when it comes to Jews uh, and Israel. He might use excessive force, and he might be convicted convicted of uh, a terrorist crime, which means that he'll get the death penalty. So, you know, Rabbi Goldknopf, who is the head of the party, is really using a Gemara cup. You know, he's 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 arguing that maybe sometime in the future. Well, he's right, not wrong, I have, right? I don't. Well, I don't think you think he's well, wrong. The, the, but you know, you know, he he's 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 saying pshat. He, he's learning. He's learning a sugya. Uh, the fact, the fact of the matter is that the idea of a Jewish terrorist, almost in the in the in the seventy-five years of the state of Israel, almost doesn't exist. 
I was going to say it, does, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. What are you going to? What are you going to bring up? You going to bring up Bar Goldstein to me? Yeah. Well, he killed what seventeen Arabs. Listen, you know what? Maybe if he would have lived, he wouldn't have been killed. He may have been uh, not convicted of murder because he his head his, his snapped. He went insane. He was insane. If you're insane, you're not liable for the death penalty. That was an act. That was an insane act. You know. Uh, so Rabbi Goldknopf from the United Torah Judaism, who's part of the coalition, is going to vote against instituting the death penalty for terrorists because sometime in the future, even though it's hardly ever happened like that, except for one case over the last 30 years, that uh, unjustifiably a Jew killed an Arab, and they're going to be found as a, not a, he killed him, he killed him. Maybe, well, Abba, maybe he'll ha- Abba, maybe. No, it, ha- it happened, happened a couple of years ago. It happened, happened just a few years ago uh, after the three boys that were kidnapped were, were killed. Uh, a few Israeli boys, uh, they burnt an Arab kid alive and they killed him. So, it's, um, yeah, but that, you see, but so it has to, first of all, it has to qualify as terrorism. Okay. I'm not talking about a murderer. There are plenty, unfortunately, there are plenty murderers in jail for life in Israel and in America and other countries. There's plenty of people convicted of murder. It's not just stop murder, it's terrorism. Well, how do you, okay? how do you, how do you make it's that difference? That's up to the court to decide. That's up to the judge to decide. In Israel, by the way, there's no jury trials. No, it's nothing as a jury like in the United States. Um, if, if you had a jury in Israel, no case would ever be decided. They could never reach a conclusion. So you have a judge that makes these decisions based on the evidence. Uh, so, it, it, so, Rabbi, so the United Torah Judaism is going to not is going to vote against instituting the death penalty for terrorists because maybe someday. In 100 years from now or 50 years from now, if Mashiach doesn't come by then, which he most likely will, uh, they're going to find a Jew that's convicted of uh, terror, and they're going to have to give him the death penalty. It's very far-fetched is the point that I'm trying to make. But here's the good news. The good news is that uh, they don't need his votes in order to pass the Mm -hmm. law in Knesset because Avigdor Lieberman, who hates baby Netanyahu with a passion, but he hates terrorists more. So his party, which has an equal number of seats in the Knesset as UTJ, is going to vote in favor of the legislation. Amazing. Yisrael Beitenu. I'm sorry. Right. Yisrael Beitenu is a big Lieberman's party. I knew that. Um, but Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, sounds, sounds very interesting. We have another interesting story that I'd like to discuss that came over our desk this morning. Okay. And this story What's is... That? Via Yeshiv World, the title reads, Unprecedented. Torah Umasora calls for a major change to Yeshiva schedules. Okay, so listen up, everybody. Major change coming to Yeshiva schedules. Torah Umasora has released a letter outlining a plan to have Yeshivas end their Zmanim earlier in the summer and begin their new Zman earlier in the fall. The letter states that the proposal originally presented at a recent meeting of the Vad Rosh Yeshiva of Torah Umasora would resolve the issue of there being very limited Elzman in years, such as the upcoming one, which is Chodesh falls out early. So I think what they're describing right now is, you know, a year in which, which is coming up, which is Chodesh Elul falls out on like August 17th. That's kind right. of like smack in the middle of the summer. And many a time camps don't end until later than that. So the letter notes that such a schedule makes it difficult for boys to properly learn about Yom Taivim. Children and parents are in vacation mode until Slichas. And there is too much unstructured time for Bachram after camps end. To resolve this, 
Tony Rosario is proposing major scheduling changes to Yeshiva schedules, as can be seen in the letter proposed outlined below. Okay, so again, they go through a, 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 you know this issue in this letter, and I think what it says here, what they're what they're suggesting for 2023 is Yeshiva slash Beis Yaakov. They end school. That should be June 19th, and can't that's, begin. That's not, that, that's not that's not early. June 19th, and, and camp begins on June 22nd. Meaning, there's no, there's not a lot of time three in days. between. Three days. Rosh Chodesh Elul, and camp should end August 15th. So it's a seven so week are, summer. Are you, are, you, are you saying that the schedule should change based on how Rosh Chodesh Elul comes out? Because this past year, that's what they uh, want to do. Rosh Hashanah was um, Rosh Chodesh Elul was mamish at the end of August. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was very late. Um, and they're suggesting I think, uh, was September 29th. Right. So you're going to change it every year. I have a different idea. I think that we should discuss uh, relative to this. One second. I, I just want to finish. Should... Uh, let oh, me finish okay. going through their, their proposed stuff. So that's for 2023. Rosh Hashanah is August 17th, August 18th. And, um, and Yeshiva begins August 28th and Beisiakov begins August 30th. Um, that's not such a big change. I, I don't know if that's when's the proposed. Uh, One second. I don't know if that's. The, I don't know if that's the proposed or if that's what's currently the the schedule. That might be currently no. the schedule. Mm. Two thousand twenty-four. Yeshiva Beis ends June twenty-fifth. Camp begins July second. Camp ends August twenty-second. Rosh Chodesh El is September third, September fourth. Beis Yaakov and Yeshiva begins September third. Um. They're, they're... I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to align um, the scheduling so that it makes sense, so that the yeshivas are in session, all yeshivas, not just the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael or the Batei Midrashim here in America that start right. Chodesh El. Uh, sometimes, like you said, Chodesh El comes and goes, and people are in uh, in Orlando uh, at uh, Disney World, Lekavet Chodesh El, when we start to blow chauffeur. Uh, so uh, they want to realign that. I, I yeah. thought I thought a long time ago that we might be better off with, um, you know, just like um, instead of camp for uh, two months, um, have uh, you know have have school, have camp for ten months and school for two months. Uh, that sounds I think, beautiful. I think I think no, uh, not 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 so you can have more activities. I think uh, uh, in a in a in a camp environment, I think the potential exists for kids to uh, absorb. Uh, more and, and learn better in that I kind agree. of uh, an environment. So I you agree. see, and they'll, they'll, they'll make a lot of kids happy. I mean, every place I turn, you know, Baruch Hashem, I have a few grandchildren in, in, in all kinds of yeshivas, and they have they have one sentiment, you know, they can't stand school. They don't mm. like school. And I they mean, love camp. They study. They do well. They do well. They learn well. They're doing well in their other subjects. But when you have a conversation with them casually, so you like school? No, I hate it. I hate us. I hate us from every direction. Okay, I mean, why do you hate school? Because you have to go to school. That's why. So, if you want to make changes already, if Torah Masora wants to make changes already, so why don't you just uh, make uh, a camp ten months a year? I don't, I don't think know that, now, I don't. I, mean, I don't think you're suggesting something that's so possible. It's a little bit extreme. Well, so first of all, the people that run camps will be uh, on my side because their 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 camp fees will be like. Uh, Ten times, uh, or their camp five fees, times more. Their camp fees will be, be five what times the, more. What tuition is, and tuition will be what the camp fees are. 
Anyways, the, the issues, man. yeah, those the issues they bring up are you know children are in vacation mode up until slichas and they're losing really the achana for Elul, and all so they're suggesting all boys camps need to end before Rosh Chodesh Elul because another issue they bring up is that counselors. Uh, a camp must have counselors who are B'nai Torah, and the B'nai Torah are in yeshivas that start Elul. So I remember in my time in camp, a lot of times camp would go for four, five, six days even past Rosh Chodesh Elul, and counselors would have to leave early. Counselors would leave camp, and they would be so in is yeshiva. That the main, is that the main motivation for this change, so that the camp counselors don't have to run out in the middle of the so-called second trip and go to Eretz Yisrael, and then leave the camp with uh, having to scamper around for staff? Well, you know what? That's that that in itself is is worth it because, um, I mean, I would think Torvasor is making decisions for educational reasons, not to accommodate the camp schedule. You know what? I no, I mean, camp is part of education, though. These kids are spending two months, eight weeks, crucial time in a camp. Um, I, there's no reason why camps and schools can't work together to make sure the schedule works. I once you know? heard a, uh, a I once heard a Rav say um, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but I heard him myself. I heard him speak. I didn't hear the story from somebody else. I heard him say that as a young man, uh, he was a uh, 19 or 20 years old. He was working in a hotel in the Catskills as a waiter or a busboy or something like that, and um, it was sleepless night. And he was working in a hotel, and uh, they had two comedians uh, as part of the show on the Saturday night of Labor Day weekend. And it was also Slichus night. So he said that after the uh, after the first comedian, they made an announcement they're going to rearrange the tables to say Slichus in between comedians, and then they're going to have the second comedian come on after Slichus. And he said to himself right then and there, I'm not living my life between comedians. I'm not living my life between shows. And he went on to become a very uh, high-profile uh, uh, rub in a, in a big city, in a, in a big kahila. So... Yeah. Um, there's something to be said to, uh, you know, um, reorganize things in such a way that it makes more sense and addresses the way people think and feel and, and, and so on. What well, else you got? Yeah, it, uh, so the, the yesterday, uh, in, ye- in yesterday's, in yesterday's episode, we, we reported about that uh, young Jewish man who was killed near Yericho and in the West Bank. Um, and it came out late last night that his name is Elon Ganellis. He was an American who was who was killed in a West Bank uh, West Bank attack by Palestinian terrorists? Um, I know uh, Rabbi Ari Ben Shushan. He was uh, he was a Rebbe of this of this of this boy Elon, um, and he took he took to various you know social media platforms, including the Meaningful Minute app, to say Elon was one of my most precious of people. What is one of my most precious of people? Elon was my student since 2014, and he quickly became a friend and close confidant. I am broken, broken, broken. Elon was my was at my Shabbos table just a few weeks ago, and now I, I and, and now I can't describe the immense loss I am feeling. Hashem Ikam Adamov. Um, it's it's a terrible loss. I know Anthony Blinken. Uh, Anthony Blinken took to Twitter to confirm to confirm that it was an American citizen. He didn't say that we condemn the attack, but he confirmed that it was an American citizen. I mean, by the way, that means nothing. That means nothing. What What do you think it should mean? Uh, first of all, well, uh, what, what do you think nothing. it should mean? Obviously, it you know why it means nothing? Because, it. you know, Malky Roth, who was killed 15-plus years ago in the Sparrow Pizza bombing, and she was an American citizen, her killer is still alive. 
Her killer is still alive and on the loose in Jordan or Syria, wherever no, she's hiding. She, she's being she's being protected by Jordan, and he yeah. uh, and he he's made all kinds of efforts to bring this person to justice. So what does and it mean? Americans, so what does it mean that he's an American Americans, citizen? It means nothing. It, it absolutely means nothing. It means that uh, could you try to forget about it as soon as possible? That's right. what that's what base, that's what that that's what it means. They can't uh, they won't do anything about it. They can't do anything about it. And even the announcements that they make. Um, the announcements that they make that uh, only come out to say uh, that they're condemning terrorism, but Israel should also uh, have to restrain uh, uh, reprisals or revenge attacks. Uh, so, I mean, what, what do they have to mention that for? I mean, I saw a video of the young people uh, that uh, wrecked uh, Huawa. Pretty, they did a pretty nice job of wrecking the place, the torching did. cars. Did you see that video? Yeah. I don't mean to laugh about it. It's a serious matter, and things shouldn't spiral down to that extent. But uh, they did quite a comprehensive job. And, and you know what? That should be a deterrent to the leadership of these Arab communities, not to uh, <laughs> not to, to live, live. Everyone just wants to live in peace. Uh, what are you killing your neighbors for? Uh, what are you killing people that give you, uh, give you a good life, give you good jobs, give you places to live, protect you? But it's just business of of, of uh, this hostility and, and this anger that's um, they're imbued with from the time that they're born is just uh, unacceptable. Well, and it, yeah. It, all the while, and it's not, all the- and it's not right. Listen, uh, Taylor Force, something called the Taylor Force Act. You know, Taylor Force Act is Taylor Force is that Taylor Force is an American that was killed by terrorists in Tel Aviv a few years okay. ago, and the U.S. Congress passed a law. It's law. It's on the books in America that any money that the United States of America uh, transfers to the Palestinian Authority cannot be used to compensate terrorists mm-hmm. for committing murder against uh, innocent people. That's against American the Force Act. Against the American or against, against anyone? Against Americans. Against, oh. against anyone. No, they shouldn't use a, against anyone. So it doesn't make a, a differentiation between Americans and Israelis. It just so happens Taylor Force was an American. And he was murdered because he had a beard and the Arab terrorists thought he looked like a Jew. So he killed him. Okay, And America transfers hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian Authority every year. And a good deal of that money is used to pay the families of terrorists while their child or brother or father or uncle is in jail. They pay them compensation for having uh, either murdered or injured Jews. Now, they get more money if they murdered somebody and less money if they injured somebody. That's why they're taught how to shoot and where to stab because there's a bigger payday for murder. Uh, the, the Biden administration, even though there's a law against transferring the money to the Palestinians who compensate terrorists, the Biden administration ignores the act and still transfers the money knowing that it's being paid to Palestinian families who have terrorists in their family. Well, speaking of the Biden administration, all the while this is going on, Joe Biden at a Black History Month reception yesterday. This is him. I, I, I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> what, what you just saw and heard is, is actually Joe Biden. He said, I'm not smiling. I may be a white boy, but I am not stupid. I may well, be a white boy, racist. but I'm not stupid. So many people on Twitter are saying um, he's 50% right. He, he is white, but he is stupid. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know what? It, it would be a problem if he wasn't such cognitive decline. You know, the, he, why, he, he has, why he is it okay? A, why is it okay to, to be 
to be disparaging and, and racist against white people like that. Because the the uh, they have to tolerate whatever he um, whatever he dishes up. Because the Democrats are very thin on talent. Uh, after Joe Biden, who's eighty years old and is talking about seriously running for president in two years when he'll be eighty two, he should live and be well. That means he'll finish his second term when he's eighty six. He's already uh, functioning in an impaired uh, in an impaired way. Um, I want to talk about but, uh, the. I want to talk about the the statement though, and this is happening all around the country nowadays, which is it's open season on white people. <laughs> it's open season because you're not black and you're not Asian and you're not uh, even like Jewish. You know, I think Jews ha- are, are in a different category as a minority. But if you're a always, white, uh, if you're a white person in America, you are public enemy number one. In the movies, in the TV shows, in the media, in the news, people can say whatever they want about you. They can say whatever they want about you, and I yeah, don't think it's I right. Mean, uh, and the on the on the police shows, uh, I don't watch any of them because they're always the same thing and a lot of violence. On the FBI shows, which I think uh, one of the TV networks is full of FBI shows, the serious criminals are always uh, white guys. And the uh, people, people investigating them or catching them are either Muslims or African-Americans. It's, it's the way to communicate a message. And, They're trying yeah, to, I, trying to achieve I'll, equity. I'll tell you even further. You know, I was, I was, I was watching something the other day, and, and it was about a hospital, and this medical director was white. And his goal, he wanted to achieve, uh, uh, he wanted to achieve equality or equity in, in, amongst the hospital and the staff. He was saying stats that just don't add up, and he went to one of the uh, other doctors who was black, and he said, how can I solve the equity issue here? And she said, well, it starts with you. You're part of the problem. You're the medical director, and you're white. And he's like, oh, my gosh, you're right. You know who should be the medical <laughs> oh director? Oh, my God, look. Yeah, who should be the medical director? He said, you know who should be the medical director? You should because you're black. And to me, that's the most racist thing in the world because – she, the only reason she's qualified to be the medical director is because she's black? That's what qualifies well, someone? That's what qualifies? Uh, he can't be the medical director because he's white? That's Tucker, systemic Tucker racism? Carlson, Tucker Carlson had a show last week about a cargo plane uh, that on their website talk about how they have uh, made a lot of changes to have a more equitable distribution of who their staff is. That they're, or they're, they're hiring more minorities. Anyway, there was a pilot who was black, and it was a cargo plane, so there were only two other passengers in the plane, but the guy was not equipped. He wasn't trained properly to handle an emergency in the cockpit. And um, there was an emergency, and he didn't know how to handle it. He panicked, and the plane crashed, and he died along with two other people. And Tucker says that, listen, this is happens when you – when the number one criteria for hiring somebody, no matter yeah. what the industry is, I mean, do you are you going are you going to sit there actually and say um, I only want if you go into the hospital and they send a Russian doctor into your room or a white guy uh, uh, a doctor? You say no, no, no. Please get me a black doctor. Uh, is that is that, is that and and they're going to going to pull somebody out of uh, out of second year medical school because that's all they may they may have at the moment. I mean, you want competence. You want people that are qualified. You want people that are efficient. You want people flying planes that know how to fly planes, not because of the color of their skin. But it, we see it's that, so absurd. And, and, it's, and it's seeped all the way into government, you know. In, in government, you have people in positions. Could we go further than our very own vice president, Kamala Harris, who 
is probably the most unqualified person in the last, I don't know, century to hold the vice president yeah. position. You know, but not, but they, they got they got you trapped. Because when you say that, you uh, make yourself vulnerable to being accused of, of? saying that because, because she's a woman of color. Because no, she's black. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with her intelligence. Even the even the black community doesn't like her. Even yeah. even women don't like her. It has nothing to do look with her look, skin color. Nahi, look look at Nikki Haley. She uh, both parents are Indian. Uh, they were born in India. She was born here in the United States. She was running for president of the United States. She's a former UN ambassador. She's a former governor of South Carolina. And the liberals are picking her apart, even though she's a woman of color. So it really uh, they're using they're using skin color and race and religion as a um as a way to promote uh, their leftist liberal agenda. So when they say equity, it's really not about that. Remember when Joe Biden was running for president and he said to the uh, a black guy there was a radio host in New York who said that he's not sure how he's going to vote and the guy said and Biden said to him, "If you're voting for Trump, then you ain't black." Uh, yeah, I Remember think the, yeah, I, I think there's nothing more racist than a white person that is trying to not come across as racist, like you you know doing things such as like depriving yourself and trying to give something to a black person because you feel like they're, you know what, America is a great place, and I'm sure there is racism that exists. Black people are doing great. Minorities are doing many minorities doing great. Yes, we suffer from many many hate crimes as a, as a Jew. We we are the number one target of hate crimes this past year and many years. But you know what? There are many many black people who are successful not because of their skin color, not in spite of their skin color, are they not successful because they are amazing at what they do. Whether that's in law, medical field, athletes, there are incredible people in every field. In, from every walk of life and every minority and has nothing to do with skin color has nothing to do with with any of that and it, it shouldn't be made a story we shouldn't be giving people positions oh because this person is this person is this gender and this person is that so we have to fill a quota we have to have it's not about that just have the most qualified people having the positions well, that's the difference between equality and equity, okay? Up until recently, equality. Uh, make sure everyone has an equal opportunity to advance and to achieve something, uh, regardless of their religion or their skin color, which is a really ridiculous way to judge people. Uh, but uh, equality wasn't working out so well. So starting with the Biden administration, they resorted to equity. Equity means they put you, you're number one, okay? I don't know who's trailing in the... Uh, in the NBA, I guess the Nets are behind the Knicks now in the NBA, right? In the Eastern Division, let's are put they? the Nets on top. Yeah, I think the Knicks are doing great now, but yeah, uh, let's see what happens. But uh, if we, let's let's if the Nets have uh, theoretically, if the Nets have, oh, I think all black players. I'm not sure if they do or they don't. I'm just using them as an example. Uh, then let, let's put them in the first, let's put them in first place. That's equity. Equality means that you have good ball players and know how to play and 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 know how to win. Uh, that's that's the difference. Anyway, what are you doing, Purim? What are you dressing up as on Purim? You and your family? Did you decide yet? So I think I think I'm going the doctor path, and I'll tell you why. It's very important when choosing a Purim outfit, and we'll get into this maybe in, in an episode right before Purim. You have to take into account the comfort level. You got to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. You you can't. You don't want to be wearing a costume on Purim. 
like that is uncomfortable the whole day you're running around so a doctor the scrubs long white coat it's extremely comfortable um you can wear crocs it's the one day of year you can dress like an absolute lunatic and walk around and everyone's fine with it so I urge everybody when it comes to choosing their outfits for Purim, A, you may be waking up a little bit late because ordering from Amazon, I'm sure they're backed up in this category now, but choose something comfortable. You thinking you want to be that British guard that stands out at the Queen's Palace? Let's be real. You're not going to want to wear a suit and one of those big furry hats the entire day. So choose responsibly. Don't dress your kid up like an actual puppy dog with a mask on the whole, the whole day. Choose comfort over everything else how about you what are you dressing up as so so you're saying you're 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 saying that you shouldn't dress up as an astronaut right uh it's uh, too too complex too complicated right yeah i mean do, uh, first of all i don't remember you ever dressing up ever i i don't think i have uh, maybe i think I you dress up what mo- you what you're wearing now is usually what you wear that's right that's right that's right i i uh, I, I don't I, it's not part of my uh it's, I I don't consider it to be the top priority f- to celebrate Purim. It's to, not your persona to, to dress up. I think I on our know. I don't know. Uh, Maybe I think when on, I was a kid. I think on our Monday episode on Tiny Sester, I think we should be dressed we up. Should be dressed up. I should I get like so. a, a mustache, a mustache and a beard or something. Yeah, um, something like that. Okay, I maybe, feel like maybe we can dress we can dress you up as somebody. But yeah, just choose comfort. There's nothing more comfortable than scrubs. Scrubs are the most one of the most comfortable things in the world. So okay, listen. Uh, doctor's doing surgery. He's got to be have maximum comfort. Absolutely. He's got to do his thing, and he can't be worrying about uh, that his uh, his shoes are uh, on too tight, or that his shoes are untied, and he trips in the operating room, and uh, God knows what he's going to knock over. <laughs> what do you think is going to be the most uh, dressed up outfit this year? I I I'm going to make a prediction, and usually the people who want to get super super creative. They're gonna think, okay, well, what's going on in the world? And let me let me try to dress well, up with something. Wait a minute. Okay, Zelensky, right? Zelensky is number one. I was gonna go Zelensky. I know Nissen, uh, our producer over there in the studio, he has a Zelensky sweatshirt. He wears this green sweater. Is he wearing it today? Is he dressing up as Zelensky? No. Sometimes he's, he does. Uh, wearing this, he's wearing a Zelensky sweater today. He but, is. Uh, he's wearing the green one. This, this is my Fetterman sweater. It's not my Zelensky sweater. It's oh. my what? It's my Fetterman sweater. Uh huh. So, but uh, I think a Zelensky mask probably is probably the most popular. Uh, when Donald Trump was president, that was probably one of the most popular costumes to go as Donald Trump, right? Right. So, and I think the, the Trump, uh, the Trump hair color, the wig of the hair color. I think you'll uh, see a lot of. I think you'll see a lot of people wearing the green, the green crew neck with uh, cargo pants uh, for the Zelensky look. I think you'll see a you lot know, of that. You know, you know, you know why he dresses like that? You know why? It's all. It's all Hollywood. He wants to make it's it look all, like he's going to war himself. Yeah, he's, he's going he, to battle. He wants you to think. He wants you to think that he's in the in the in the arena where the war is being fought, and it's absolutely ridiculous. He's the only world leader that wherever he goes, wherever he meets with, he doesn't wear a suit and tie like a mensch. He's dressed like a what he was before he became prime minister. You know what he was well, before listen. he became president? He was a comedian before he became well, president. Well, you know what? Good for him because he's taking this. What I'm saying seriously. Comfort oh, over everything. Also, so you think no, but, Biden should dress in Biden should be in his pajamas most of the day? Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't want to see Joe Biden in his pajamas. No. And the other outfit I think is going to be very popular this year, uh, being that the Queen of England passed away this year. I think that you're going to see a lot of queens. I think you're going to see a lot of queens. 
Okay, what about, I think uh, I wrote an article that I wrote this week, uh, which is coming out Thursday, in the Five Towns Jewish Times. I have the new PPP. You know, for the last few years, PPP was a payroll protection program. Now yeah. it's uh, pre now it's pre perm preparation, so there's been a big shift uh, in the in the market. Both PPPs. I can't tell what, how you're reacting because your face is frozen on the screen here. But yeah. um, I, I I was discussing the, um, the the preparation. I think I think the limos are going to be out in force yep. this year, uh, and it was pretty uh, toned down over the last few years. One year at the height of the pandemic, it was absolutely usher. You know, and then uh, last year was uh, was more, but not up to what the way it usually is. I think everybody will be back in full force uh, this year. The limos, the vans, uh, the stretch limos, the the cars, uh, the Ubers—they're going to yeah. be very busy driving okay, machine well, guys well, around to collect money. We'll have we'll, we'll we're going to create a a daily thread perm contest, and you'll people will be able to submit their costumes, and they'll win a prize. And we're gonna we're gonna judge on creativity, um, but we'll talk more about that tomorrow. Um, so and, oh, so people people should submit their pictures. Actually, what not yet, saying. not yet. It's not Purim yet. Uh, so after, don't, after don't submit so any pictures, pictures yet. Submit pictures on Purim, and then we can on show Purim. them the day after. But Purim. We'll, we'll we'll yeah we'll get into the details uh, closer to Purim. But anyways, today uh, this is the daily thread. The last day of February, February twenty eighth, Tuesday. Uh, Nahi Gordon signing off from the daily thread. Have a great and we, day. Hope to see you all tomorrow.